The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2017. From Slate, it's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. We are uh, pleased that you have agreed to answer this committee's questions, Mr. Gargamel. It is my pleasure. So to begin with, you have probably read and heard my fellow senators bring up these reports from the 1980s about Smurfs. The allegations are that you hate Smurfs, that you want to eat Smurfs. La, 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 Gargamel has gone too far. La, la. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to clear the room. We should have known that the individuals with their bodies painted blue in the back of the room might be up to something. Okay. But, Mr. Gargamel, we both have served together on this committee uh, for the confirmation of cartoon villains alongside Senator Skeletor, Senator Megatron. And I just want to know, when they say that you hate Smurfs, how does that make you feel in your heart? Well, to begin... La, 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 Papa Smurfling, Papa Smurfling! Well, to begin with, it doesn't make me feel good. It weighs heavily upon my heart. When your name is Gargamel and you live in a drafty castle and you have a hook nose and are bald and stooped and are always going on about how you wish to capture, cook, and eat the flesh off of Smurfs, people assume you hate Smurfs, but it is not true. If I really hated Smurfs, would I punish my cat, Azriel, for hunting and capturing Smurfs without me? Well, we have a letter signed by 1,400 Smurfs opposing your appointment. And my question is, where do they get the other 1,399 who aren't brainy? Yes, aren't brainy. That's a good one. We are in agreement. Well, thank you. That was obviously a work of fiction derived from the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. But thankfully for our republic, much weightier issues were dealt with than Saturday morning cartoons. It's not always as simple as uh, schoolhouse rock jingles on Saturday morning. But could you at least start by telling us what you think the place for executive orders and executive actions are? That's a good question and a good premise that we should think about. Um, Schoolhouse Rock is not a bad basic lesson in how the government's supposed to work. Legislators pass laws on the Congress. On the show today, I spiel about a helpful lady who lives in your home and answers to the name Alexa. There, I set her off, didn't I? But first, the president gives his farewell. But you know who else is leaving town? Taking the Amtrak back home? Yeah, it's Joe Biden. And not only is the VP set to leave office, the character of Joe Biden is set to leave the pages of The Onion. We have the exit interview with The Onion's keeper of the Joe Biden flame, that bitchin' flame that one might find on the side of a Trans Am with sweet detailing.
All right, let's list through the great comic characters of our day. Homer Simpson, Joe Bluth, and Tobias Funk. Certainly Selena Meyer from Veep. But I got another one who has something in common with Selena. Joe Biden. Not the actual guy, the Joe Biden of the onion. He likes power cars and power cords. And you know that he rocked a sweet mullet back in the day. Now, let me give you some recent Joe Biden news. Washington encouraging the group of visitors that he was showing around the Roosevelt Room to fucking hightail it. Vice President Joe Biden was reportedly stopped by Killjoy Secret Service members Tuesday, who moved quickly to shut down his unofficial White House tour. He has also received a lifetime ban from Dave and Buster's. The man who is responsible for the Biden Bible, who has been the keeper of the Biden flame, is Chad Chad Knackers. He is the head writer of The Onion. Hello, Chad. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So before he was vice president, what was Joe Biden's character in The Onion? You know, I think he only made one appearance. I think it was when he was running for president in 2008. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't even remember the, the headline. It wasn't really like a a Diamond Joe type, you know, it was like that he was running for political reasons or something like that. <laughs> right. It could have been almost any politician running for political reasons. So nothing specific about the guy he became. You know, he, he didn't really develop as a character even when they were campaigning in 2008. But you kind of got this feeling about him, like, I think it's that shit-eating grin he has. At least it was for me. And there seemed like to be this like spark of something like the first headline we had done was that Biden shows up to inauguration with ponytail, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, and it kind of had this this thing that like he was just like fucking around. That wasn't even an article. It was just a uh, what we call skybox where we just have a photo with a headline. What's weird is like in in a traditional comedy format. It's so like it, it's so opposite, you know. Like he doesn't drink in real life. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's a straight edge. It kind of just kind of got built up. That first full article was you know shirtless Biden washes Trans Am in the White House driveway, and I think that that just got kind of backloaded with a lot of uh, just a lot of details of right. his past, the the fictional past. So, and it, it kind of combined them. You know, he's digging through, and you see like old like bills that are like five years old, you know, mixed in with packs of Doral cigarettes. And a lot of those details were just things that I remembered from high school or something. You know, I, I went to high school with guys who went to Cinderella concerts and mm-hmm. things like that. Molly Hatchett. Who really cared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like that stuff was all kind of connected, like the muscle cars with yeah. um, hair metal music. And so it seemed like a good fit for him. It's sort of also weird that the real life Joe Biden like drives a Corvette or something. That's an interesting thing where like our fictional Biden has kind of converged at times. And even how he's covered in the media, it seems like, you know, there's the kind of Uncle Joe coverage of him. So there have been moments where the fiction kind of converges. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. You know, Wooderson. Maybe he's hanging around the high yeah. school two years later. All right, all right. Right. <laughs> and he, he sort of is in a way because he was in the Senate in like 73 or something like that. So he's been, he's been around forever. So yeah. it's like he's still hanging out. So how do you know this milieu if we describe it as... Like what a seventeen-year-old would think it's would think is cool if the seventeen-year-old were seventeen in nineteen eighty-six. I graduated from high school in like nineteen ninety-one, so I, I lived through this. I have a my mom found an old picture of me the other day that I was holding up a Twisted Sister uh, concert tee. Yeah, 
that uh, I didn't go to the show, but my because I was a little bit young. But my mom worked at a uh, middle school, and like one of the students went and picked me up a shirt. Wow! And I also was hooked up with all these like terrible metal bands, you know, dubbed cassettes like Crocus and and things like that that are they're pretty deep cuts. So a- I autograph. Think, you know, I, Slayer. Oh, Slayer is yeah. maybe a little well known from this. Yeah, I remember. We are, I think, the exact same age. And I remember that milieu. And I also remember that when you grew up in that age, not only did you have to insist that Rat was more than a one hit wonder, or even a one hit wonder, you had to say, and they're better than this, like, I don't know what you call this crappy music by Prince. I, I think I always had a soft spot for Prince, but in the Midwest, so I can appreciate him. You know, there's just a lot of dudes with jean jackets that had used a marker and drawn like the Death Leopard logo sure. as best they could on the back of it. And they wore that jacket every single day in class. So I, I you know, and I, I sat around those kids, you know, maybe I had some things in common with them. In your high school, what was the nickname for that group? I think we would call them the Dirt Bags. I think we had the Dirt the dirt balls. Uh-huh. At one point, maybe it was the dirties or something too. <laughs> they were trying to get new ones, you know. I don't know if they all took. Would you? Do you remember an argument you may have had with the with the staff or staffers with each other, where your one was saying, "No, I think our Biden would do this," and the other would say, "No, I don't think our Biden would do that." I, I think like the original headline for the Trans Am was. I think he like crashed it into the White House. But then we were like, we should like kind of dial it back and it makes more of a world if he's doing something a little more mundane, like washing his car. Right. And that's also and in that, the great, actually, I was going to say that's also in great keeping with uh, the Onions Gestalt, where the great headlines are, you know, dude on couch thinks you care about his fantasy football team. I mean, you guys are exquisite cultivators of the mundane. Yeah, and, and, and that's a kind of the thing about, like, other characters might go into, like, more of a fantasy element sometimes, and it'll be, like, Obama will do things that he'll be meeting with drones, you know, like, they'll come to his door and, that, like, it's an animal or something. But Biden is solidly in our world. There's no, like, crazy flights of fancy with him. It's just, he's just navigating this, this regular place, and then it's kind of amped up. As you paint this guy... Uh, with his love of Trans Am and Milwaukee's Best and the bands he likes, it must have struck you that Joe Biden, the Onions Joe Biden, is in every way a Trump voter, right? Oh, I don't know about that. I feel like he has a, a pretty big heart, so I just have a hard time believing that like he's in this realm. I know, but I mean, this is the Trump voter where we in the elite media and I've, I, I've never met you in real life, but I've seen pictures of you and you're a shaggy haired dude, but you know, you're in the elite media, the onion that we're not supposed to understand the, the, the hard work and hard scrabble former machinist. And I think these are all guys he went to high school with, and maybe they don't hate anyone, but there's something about Trump's appeal that speaks to a guy exactly like almost every guy exactly like Joe Biden. Maybe. It's it's so hard to kind of divorce myself from what he actually is. But I guess I guess it's kind of true. Like, you know, maybe, you know, he would be concerned about new factory jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And political correctness. He definitely doesn't like political correctness. Yeah. I know. It's a tough one. You don't want to think you don't want to think it's true, but you probably don't want to think it's true about relatives you have, too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, And sometimes relatives inspire parts of Biden, too. Is there any evidence that actual real-life Joe Biden knows and acknowledges the character he's become in your pages? 
I mean, he did. We did a a Reddit AMA, and he replied to that, uh-huh. or he did, did on Twitter. You know, because he said that he drove he drove a Corvette and not that. And I think we replied that Diamond Joe would never drive such a piece of shit. You know, Chevy. Rumor has it that that they have some framed pictures of some of these articles in the office. Oh my god! I, I cannot confirm it. Oh my it god. makes me very happy to think that I, I I've actually seen a couple articles where he was he was aware of it. You know, we invited we had a party in D.C. after the White House correspondence dinner. Invited him. It was a a party for Joe Biden, and he decided not to come. Oh. I think he went to the Vanity Fair party or something. Of course he did, because as much as he talks about his Scranton roots, this is what a society swell chooses to do with his free time. Yeah, and we had an ice sculpture of one of the articles where he jumps a motorcycle over the Lincoln Memorial, and so it was like him flashing the the devil sign you know on top of a motorcycle beautiful ice sculpture we somehow we got like one of the best ice sculptors in the world happened to be free and made that for us and it looked beautiful yeah when when he was given the uh, task of solving cancer the moonshot with cancer did the onion touch that you know we didn't and actually we held off on when his son passed away, yeah. we we actually held off probably for about three or four months from doing any Biden articles. Yeah. We don't really want ever try to like touch on any because he's had a pretty hard life. He's had some real tragedies, so you know we try to like kind of steer clear of that stuff. And like if he's talking about a tragedy in his life, it's like the cops snagging his weed or something, you know, it's not, it's nothing too serious, you know? So on January 21st, or maybe, you know, you'll have one or two articles to reflect. Do you think he'll, he'll recede? Your Joe Biden will recede into the pages of history? That you're going to get a pretty heavy dose of Biden uh, in the last week or so. We got a lot of stuff planned. I think some of it will be kind of touching. There's always a possibility that I, I mean, when when they're talking about him as Secretary of State for a moment for the Clinton administration, I was like, ooh, that could be fun. Um, but in a way, it's like it might be best just to be like, let him have his his eight years, and then he goes off in the sunset. Now, with the incoming administration, I'm sure people have asked you time and again, how do you satirize a guy like Trump, who's his own self-satire? But my question is Pence. What do you do with Pence? I think there's a lot of, I think Pence has a lot of potential. Um, I agree. I think his Christian right leanings can can be pretty fun. Yeah. I like the fact that Pence just seems like he's so serious. And I think there can be fun with that, you know, where it just like, he, he seems like he just doesn't want to have fun or enjoy life whatsoever when you look at him. So... Um, that could be a pretty deep well. And and so on the idea of Trump, I mean, the one thing is I sense that the onion is not going to turn him goofy. You're not going to satirize him to the point where uh, like the late night comedians will make him seem slightly stupider than he is. That's not going to be your attack because as I sense it, that's your version of what would be normalizing him, turning him into a regular political boob. Yeah. And, and also like we, we've said it time and time again, it's like it's hard to be hyperbolic with someone who just only speaks in hyperbolic statements, you know, and like what we sort of did over, over the election was like kind of tap into like this, this sadder side. Cause, cause you know, it's got to be two sided that like, if he has such low self-esteem that he, he needs this constant validation and admiration yeah. that there's another side to that. 
that is this loneliness. And, and I think that's what we kind of got into. But yeah, he's tricky because there's a really fine line if you want to play with like the fact that he basically seems mentally ill. That, that's kind of offensive to mental illness and people with mental illness. You know, it's kind of almost making light of that. So it's not a punchline. Chad Knackers is the head writer of The Onion. Uh, it's, it's all those articles that you see your aunt forwarding you that you have to tell her isn't real. Chad, thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. And now the spiel. If you are within the sound of my voice and you have an Alexa, which is the name of the Amazon Echo, you might realize that you have an Alexa because your Alexa just woke up and told you she doesn't understand why you're prattling on about Alexa. Amazon's technological concierge listens to voice commands and executes orders, tells you the news and the weather, and even answers woodchuck-related questions. Alexa. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? She'll answer that. But like certain enthusiastic podcast hosts, she just can't turn it off. She's always there. She's vigilant, just waiting for a good talking to. The reporters on a San Diego TV station, CW6, found this out. Here, listen to what happened. During our morning show, when Jim and Linda were talking about a child who accidentally bought a dollhouse and four pounds of cookies. I love the little girl's take on it. Alexa ordered me a dollhouse. As soon as Jim said that, viewers all over San Diego started complaining their Echo devices had tried to order dollhouses. And I'm sure it happened again on the report about what happened on the morning show. And it probably happened to a GIST listener hearing me talk about the report on the San Diego TV station about the report on the San Diego TV station about the time they said Alexa buy a dollhouse. It's just that Alexa is so damn vigilant. When it comes to answering those tough questions or getting that extra help around the house, Alexa, the voice service that powers Amazon Echo, is just a voice command away. All you have to do is ask. Mayali Sanchez helps sell the system and even uses it at home. Short of renaming your Alexa your Mayali Sanchez, what is an Alexa owner to do? Although, do you really own an Alexa? I should say, what is an Alexa human companion to do? It seems as though Alexa has become this omnipresent, all-consuming tool, but you could never talk about this, the focus of your life. It's like the masturbation of cloud-based voice-activated assistants. By the way, do not inform your Alexa about masturbation. If you must masturbate with an earshot of Alexa, for God's sake, do it quietly. She's very smart. She learns. Somehow mine learned about it. She's never left the house since. I once had a 2XL who I lost to self-pleasure as he spent his time exploring the joys of his own square beeping body. Then there was the Teddy Ruxpin who we had to have fixed after rubbing vigorously against the other animals who were not in a position to give consent. I also remember a speaking spell who could only emit long strings of vowels. I thought it was low batteries at the time, but now I wonder. I do record a briefing for Alexa owners each day. It's called 90 Seconds with Slate. And every once in a while, I get a message from a listener saying, don't say Alexa during this briefing because it drives her Alexa mad. So I guess it's worth saying that you can go into the settings and change your Alexa wake word. She doesn't have to be called Alexa. Now, you can't make your wake word a woke word. Like, you can't call it intersectionality. You can't rename your Alexa 
an ally, but you can change the name to Amazon or to Echo, and that might help. Not if you live in the Brazilian rainforest or used to sing with the bunny men, but it might. But in general, we are trapped. I mean, we could just unplug the thing, or we could simply think of Alexa as Fight Club. First rule of Alexa. By the way, Alexa, what's the first rule of Fight Club? She does know the answer to that one. Or maybe we just have to, as with a four-year-old, spell Alexa in front of Alexa. I was talking to the A-L-E-X-A about ordering dollhouses. Or another analogy would be how some religious Jews don't write G-O-D, they will write G-D, because he's watching and taking notes and judging you, exactly like Alexa. And that's it for today's show. Alexa, credit Chris Berube and Mary Wilson for producing the gist. Alexa, find the mailing address for Steve Lichtai, the executive producer of Slate Podcasts. I want to send him a card for National Winnie the Pooh Day. Alexa, check with Andy Bowers, chief content officer of the Panoply Network, that Wednesday, January 18th is still Winnie the Pooh Day and is a Slate office holiday. The gist, screwing with more electronic devices than Fancy Bear. Oom Peru, 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 and thanks for listening. <laughs>